Hey, I know I don't typically say hey like that when I start the podcast, so let's do this again. Hello, and welcome to Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy. (laughs) I am your host. Uh, I'm going to be your host. Uh, You know what? I didn't think of a name today, so in lieu of me not thinking of a name... I'm just going to be Chloe from Chloe and Holly, Um, but I'll be Chloe. Uh, I hope that you all have had some great time since the last time you've heard my whiningly nasally voice. Um, I do apologize. Well, I don't apologize, but we're going to count it as a small apology because I decided to take a little vacation without giving you guys any notice. Um, And trust me, I heard about it in my inbox. So... I appreciate all of the love. I am perfectly fine and safe, but I decided to take a little vacation for two weeks and just take a break from the podcast. But now that we're back, back like cooked crack. Um, well, you know, I'm going to say back like the jump off. I've been gone for a minute, but now I'm back with the jump off. Um, I hope you all know who that is. I really hope you do because it's a great song. It's a bop. Um, but Before we even get into the show, if you want to interact with the show, feel free to do so on all of the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, um, or you can email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy, at gmail.com. And I will be sure to read your email. Um, you know, ask questions, comments, concerns. Maybe you want to curse me out because a couple of y'all did curse me out after the first week of me not posting. <laughs> um, and you know what? I'll give you unlimited curse words this time. Curse me out as much as you want. But I just hope that you actually enjoy the show. Um, also, wherever you're listening to this on, please, 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 I'm asking that you rate the show. Um, leave a comment. Share it with friends, families, neighbors, whoever. Um, share it with your dildo that happens to be tucked away in your kitchen drawer. Yes, people keep dildos in their kitchen. Not me, but some people do. Um, but feel free to share it because without y'all, this show is not possible. Um, I want to say thank you for all of you dedicatedly listening out there. Um, we reached another milestone, 20,000 listens. I was never expecting to get to this point. So 20,000 listens. I am very, very happy about this. All right. So let's get into it because we're going to start off with a little news about your host. Uh, I celebrated my birthday last week. Last week was my birthday. It was a great time. Um, Libra season. Libra all day here. And I love being a Libra. My life is based on balance. And you know what? It wasn't balanced before my birthday, but my birthday helped balance it out. Um, So I am 32 years old now. And being in the second year of being 30, I want to report to you that my body no longer sounds like a bag of ice chips when I get up. Now it sounds like Lay's Ruffles potato chips. Um, Very loud. Very, very loud. Um, and not that fulfilling, you know, you eat them and it's just airy. I think I'm just full of air and broken body parts now. Cause all I hear is crunch sounds whenever I wake up. Um, on top of that, my tolerance for alcohol has dropped tremendously. <laughs> so it was a cheap birthday for me, which I personally love. Um, uh, aside from that, you know what? I'm looking forward to all of the fantastic things that are going to come with being 32, um, hopefully our world will be ever so changing soon, 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 soon. But who knows what will happen? That's the one thing that I have to say. Um, but my birthday was great. I got to spend it with my person. Um, I really appreciate you. You know who you are. You're amazing. And It was just a great, great time. So thank you all for your birthday wishes, for everybody who sent me birthday wishes. I appreciate them. Um, Yeah, had a great time. 
So we're going to get into the show, y'all. Um, <clears throat> I'm coming back with... I'm coming back with the shits. Let's just be honest with it. I am coming back with the shits and it is perfectly fine because a lot of shit has happened since the last time I posted, uh, since the last new episode. So first we're going to start off with something that I feel was personally amazing. Um, If you didn't get a chance to see it on Sunday, October 4th, CNN premiered its first episode of First Ladies. It's going to be a six-part series about First Ladies. Um, Those are the wives of the men who have been president. Um, And there's going to be six that they're going to post. And no, Melania Trump is not one of them. I just, you know, I don't think that they can show the pictures of her as gracefully as they could show the other women unfortunately, in that aspect. But no, Melania Trump is not one of them. Uh, But the first episode premiered with my personal favorite first lady, Michelle Obama. So Michelle Obama, um, the first episode of CNN's First Ladies was about her. And if you're not familiar with Michelle Obama, maybe because you're a listener in a different country, or maybe it's because... Maybe it's because you just don't know too many black people. I don't know. But she she was first lady married to Barack Obama. And she became first lady in 2008 um, when he was elected as the first black president in the United States. And the show, it's so fantastic to watch the telling of something so beautiful. To see this black woman who was in the White House, who gave one of the most epic quotes that shook people to their core, at least to me. She said, I wake up every day in a house that slaves built. It was powerful. That was part of a interview that she gave. And it was, it, she's beautiful. She's eloquent. It just everything about Michelle Obama, I love. Um, and the show really follows how The presence of Michelle Obama and Barack Obama in the White House uh, inspired public enthusiasm and vicious attacks that were just as equal as happy as people were. People were just as mean and angry and nasty about it. But in spite of all of it, in spite of all the bullshit that they had to deal with, if you don't remember President Obama in the tan suit, and everybody like was getting on him because he had this tan suit. And when I say everybody, I mean like the Republicans, like Bitch McConnell. Um, uh, what's the other one? Um, Lindsey Ham and all those other bitches. They were all upset about it that he had on this tan suit. And then lo and behold, Mitch McConnell tried to wear a tan suit and looked like he had on like paper bags from a grocery store. It looked terrible. Obama looked like he was just draped in beautiful fabric. It was crazy. But just things like that. Um, People, which this one I don't understand. For a while, there was a conspiracy theory that Michelle Obama was born a man, which is a lie. Um, That's not true at all. And then people were literally trying to prove this fact with all these different things. And it's just like, this makes no sense, people. And even if Michelle Obama had been born a man, what the fuck does that have to do with her being the first fucking lady? Nothing at all. But um, it just crazy shit happened while they were in the White House like that. And the show chronicles her legacy as being first lady and partly his legacy as being the first black president. But it just shows how gracious and strong and, oh my God, just just how amazing of a woman she is. It just chronicles all of it and it's a great show. Um, I can't say I'm going to watch the others because the other first ladies that they're going to show are not Michelle Obama. I mean, the, the other first ladies, they're great in their own right and everything like that. But I'm partial to Michelle Obama. That's who I want to see. And she was the biggest part of the history of Barack Obama becoming president. I have to say that because I truly believe in that situation. She was the backbone. Obama was great. He did great things. He didn't do everything that I would love to have seen him do. And of course, it's partly because of the opposition he had just because he was black. But she stood strong 
every day. And if you're listening to this and you happen to be a Trump supporter, I just want to tell you that Melania Trump plagiarized a lot of Michelle Obama speeches. So yeah, even your little bitch takes from her. So just think about the app. <laughs> um, but if you want to check it out, uh, it comes on Sundays on CNN. It's called First Ladies. It is a fantastic show. I truly loved, 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 loved seeing Michelle Obama on there. It just, it truly hit the spot. Um, you know, the next thing I want to talk about, though, that was in the news, and this is another amazing Black woman who's out here, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot. Now, if you're not familiar with Lori Lightfoot, I'm going to tell you to Google her. Google her. Um, she is the mayor of Chicago. And she has been, you know what? She's been my inspiration this year with all of the shit that's going on in this world. We've got the coronavirus. We've got the ice caps melting. We've got a Clementine in the office. We've got the Proud Boys who... Oh, we'll get to the Proud Boys in a little bit. But we got the Proud Boys. We got the white supremacists. We got the Latinos for Trumps, the gays for Trumps, the blacks for Trump. It's just a year full of crazy shit. But throughout all of that, Mayor Lori Lightfoot has always been able to put a smile on my damn face. And this time, she put a smile on my face because she showed up to a press conference in a costume called the Rona Destroyer. <laughs> I love it. 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 Now, um, her costume was a picture of a Clorox bottle on the front of her body, a surgical mask on covering her mouth and nose, and then like a superhero mask that kind of looks like um, Robin's mask from like Batman and Robin that just covered her eyes and it was black. And then she had a cape on. And I want to say it was her deputy mayor, but it may not have been the deputy mayor. It may have just been somebody else in her office or part of the staff. But they were standing next to her in the same kind of costume, except instead of a Clorox bottle on front of their body, they had a picture of hand sanitizer. And she is the Rona Destroyer. She did this at a press conference, which I just freaking loved. Um, so... <laughs> So she could uh, help spread awareness for safety during Halloween. Now, um, to help spread the safety awareness during Halloween, during the coronavirus, she held this press conference. She gave some guidelines of what to do and how to do it. You know, some states have decided to cancel Halloween altogether. And I don't think Halloween should be canceled. I personally love Halloween, but we have to do this safely. So some of the things out there, if you're a Halloween lover like I am, you may want to actually be the only person to touch the candy that goes into the kids' bags this year. Put on a pair of gloves, put on your mask, and you be the only person who reaches into that bowl and drops the candy into that bag. Don't let any of the kids touch it because kids are germs' best friends. Germs love kids and kids love germs. So just go ahead, put your little gloves on and drop them the candy into their little bags. Um, I would not suggest making baked goods. I would suggest only getting candy that has been purchased from a store that's sealed in packaging and stuff. That's probably going to be your safest bet of all things that could happen. Um, we're no longer looking for razor blades in the apples. Now we're worried about Corona on the candy corn. That's it. That is going to be the title of this episode. Corona on candy corn. <laughs> All right, let me keep going. But uh, Lori Lightfoot. If you, I, I'm probably going to have to post a picture of this on my socials or something so y'all can see it. Or you can just Google it yourself. Literally put in Rona Destroyer. And she's going to be the first image that comes up. But she looked like the Zero Germ Zorro. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was the bacteria Batman. 
and I'm here for it. It was great. Um, it was very reminiscent of when she did the Census Cowboy, which I'm pretty sure I talked about. If you are not familiar with the Census Cowboy, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, <laughs> um, during the census season, which I had a very weird census experience. So if anybody can tell me if this is like real or if you've seen the movie, uh, not the others, what is it? Maybe it's the others. It's this movie about aliens that come down to Earth on a crash of a satellite and take over the human race. But like there's no aliens. It's just like a bacteria or some shit that takes over people's bodies. Nicole Kidman's in it. And this guy who's doing the census comes to her house and tries to break in to infect her and turn her into one of the aliens. The person who came to my door, they decided to come to my door in my apartment building, which first, my front door in my apartment building is always locked. So I don't know how the fuck they got in here. But they knocked on my door and it was very awkward, very weird. It was like they wouldn't go away, even though I'm telling them I'm not decent. I can't open the door. So they decided to do the census through my door. Anyways, because people weren't doing the census in certain areas in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot decided to create the Census Cowboy. So at another press conference, which I love that she does this at press conferences, she's talking and then she puts on a foam green cowboy hat. <laughs> and then when she puts on the cowboy hat, this man, uh, super hot, by the way, super hot, comes riding in on a horse with Old Town Road playing in the background. He's got a lasso. I think he had a mask on and a green hat. And he's the census cowboy. And he's going to be going around the neighborhoods where the census has not been completed and getting people to complete the census. And whichever neighborhood completes the census the best, they were going to get a pizza party. Now, I'm not lying about any of this. I'll, I'm not a piece of the party. I'm sorry. They're getting free ice cream. It was free ice cream because it was during the summer. I'm not lying about this. This is a real thing. Um, you have to go look it up. But this whole Rona Destroyer was very reminiscent of the Census Cowboy. And you know what? I don't care what anybody says out there. Despite how silly it may look and it may look so childish and insignificant, Lori is grabbing the girl's attention. They are paying attention to her, the Rona Destroyer, and the Census Cowboy, and I'm here for it. She is not playing. She is snatching the wigs and taking all of the names. So, Lori, you keep it right on up because I cannot wait to see what you do for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like, I just cannot. I can't wait. Like, COVID Kringle. <laughs> COVID Chris Kringle. I'd be here for that. Like, uh, what? A, sanitation claws. <gasps> sanitation claws. We can have sanitation claws. Uh, we can do that. I'm sorry, y'all. I am very hyped today. It's nice to be back and be recording. So I hope I'm not annoying you with all my hyperness right now. Um, but yes, that is what's going on with Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. And I love her for it. That position has taken her multiple places and I'm just happy to see that she's in a good space right now. So Lori, you keep it up. I am here for all of it. Um, another thing that I do want to talk about, and this was also in the news, um, there is a boy and this boy, he just like millions of other children who are home right now, are learning remotely on Zoom calls or whatever it is they do to get the kids to learn. And I want to find the state for y'all. I want to say it was in Louisiana. But um, when I find it, I'll let you know. But essentially what happened, this kid is on the video call with his teacher and his other classmates, and they are learning. And while he's learning, the teacher happens to notice that there was a BB gun in view of the camera. Now, I don't know if the kid had it in his hand or if it was just like in the background and the teacher saw it. But of course, the teacher said something about not having that during class. 
And so the kid moved right on past it, moved past it, was hopefully going to finish the day. Um, What ended up happening is after the class was over, someone in the school, I don't know if it was actually the teacher, reported that the kid had a gun on camera and someone called the police. So they call the police. The police goes to the kid's house, completely traumatizing this kid. And they tell him he's suspended from school um, because of having the gun. Which is ridiculous. It didn't require all of that at all. Did not require it. I don't get why it went that far. But what ended up happening is the family of this kid who was traumatized by this whole incident occurring decided to sue the school district. They they are suing the school district for $50,000. 50K. I want them to get all that money. Um, And I hope this family gets this family so good. I hope they do. Um, Because it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. This kid was 11 years old. Boom. I just, I'm sorry, not 11, nine years old. He's nine years old. And his name is Kamari Harrison. He's a nine-year-old student in New Orleans. And the teacher spotted the BB gun in his bedroom during a remote learning class. That's the full details of it. He's a fourth grader. He was a fourth grader. And so the teacher on the camera saw the BB gun, which was unloaded in the boy's bedroom. And then ultimately this turned to him almost getting expelled from school. Um, the punishment was reduced at a hearing for him that actually occurred, uh, I think it was this week. It was last week. I'm sorry. That occurred last week and it was just, it was reduced. And I say that in air quotes to a suspension. Um, the reason why I'm going to say that with air quotes is because it shouldn't have gone this far. Um, by all accounts, he wasn't playing with it. He wasn't threatening anybody. He just happened to be in the room while he was on the class. And he's sitting there trying to learn. So you can only imagine being a kid in elementary school, fourth grade, who's just trying to learn, doesn't even notice something like that is in the room or in the background, probably wasn't paying attention to it. And then it escalates to all of this. It just escalates. Um, I am very happy that the family is suing. I hope they sue the shit out the school and I hope they get more than just the 50K. I hope they get a million dollars or something. Like, make their pockets hurt. Make their pockets hurt. I will be very happy about that. Now, the thing that's going on here with this that I have to say is this is actually not the first time that this has happened. Um, in Colorado last month, um, One of the teachers in a Colorado school called the police on a black seventh grader for handling a bright green zombie hunter toy gun during an online class. And a New Jersey school did the same thing earlier this month to a sixth grader with a toy gun. Now, I know that guns in school, bad mix. We have seen everything that's happened and we've seen the lack of movement to stop guns being brought to school to stop school shootings. But this is completely different. In each one of these cases, these kids were at home. It was a toy. And on top of that, a simple discussion could have crushed everything. But calling the police to go to these people's houses and harass and traumatize their children because they are playing with a toy gun is completely ridiculous and out of control. And as we're transitioning into this new way of life and everything's going to be done remotely and kids are going to be learning remotely from home, these things are going to happen. They're children. Children are going to be at home learning. And what's at home in a kid's house pretty much all the time? Distractions, toys, video games, all kinds of stuff. Once you address the situation and get the class back on track, it doesn't require you to call the police. That makes no sense, especially when the police are out here killing black people like no issue at all. And we've seen the police don't have any hesitation to kill a child or an adult that is black. 
So I'm pretty sure once the police went to these parents' house, they heard gun on the radio or the call that they had to get dispatched to. And they probably went there, hands on their guns, ready to shoot, which just is ridiculous. Now, the other two students, I don't know what's going on with them as far as discipline and stuff, but Kamarie, Ka, Ka Marie, I'm hoping I'm saying that right, uh, did return to class on Thursday of last week, um, but their family is not done fighting the case. They are suing the school district again for that 50 bands, and I really hope y'all get it. Bands will make that school dance, and I'm here for it, here for it. So y'all, we're going to take a little break. I'm going to make a little refreshment of a drink and I'll be back because we got some bullshit to get into. All right, y'all. I am back. Um, Back in the New York groove. That's a good song. All right, let's get into it because I was trying to think of other lyrics about coming back, but I can't get anything except throw it back and throw it back isn't really saying, hey, I'm back. Well, I mean, I guess if you throw it back, I'm meeting you halfway. <laughs> we'll think about it later. I'll figure out how to explain it. Maybe I'm a little off track there. But let's get back into this um, because now we got the shits to talk about. And we got some shit to talk about today, y'all. Um, the first thing I want to talk about <clears throat> is the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys, the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys. Now, if you are not familiar with the Proud Boys, uh, the Proud Boys are a group of Trump supporters who have started appearing at protests for Black Lives Matter with their guns and their body armor and their weird Call of Duty sunglasses. Like, I don't understand it. Whenever there's like a gun commercial or you see somebody with guns, there's always somebody who has a pair of Oakleys on and like a tactical vest and sometimes a turtleneck under it. And it's just weird. I don't get it. But these people are showing up. And that's what the Proud Boys is made of. Mostly white people who are part of a far right group that supports um, the Clementine catastrophe in the White House. And they're very, very interesting. Uh, but the Proud Boys recently made the headlines because the Tangerine Tyrant decided to say that he's not going to, well, D didn't say he's not going to denounce white supremacy. He just didn't denounce white supremacy during the presidential debate. Um, And then also he said for the violence that was brought up in a question of the Proud Boys, um, he told them to stand back and stand by, which became a rallying cry for this group of obviously unfulfilled men. Um, a lot of them look like they're missing a lot in their life. So, of course, you know, the Proud Boys, they got all happy. They're like, yeah, he pretty much said we can go out and hang some niggers. I'm just paraphrasing because I'm assuming that's what they said, but I don't really know. Um, but yes, they were empowered by the statement that the Tangerine Tyrant decided to make. So... The reason why I bring up the Proud Boys is because I love gay people. Gay people and K-pop fans are the best when it comes to trolling stupid-ass people like this. So on Twitter, um, the hashtag the Proud Boys has been taken over by gay people, um, especially gay men. And they're posting pictures of them and their partners or all their gay friends or all the things that they do that people would say are gay. And they've been using hashtag Proud Boys, which I personally love. Now, of course, this infuriated the Proud Boys because the Proud Boys, you've got to remember, they are a backwards group of men who really don't understand that people can be gay and it won't affect them. Um, Most of them are about as smart as a brick I may say there's like a couple one to two to three watt light bulbs in there, but that's really all you're going to light the space to illuminate your nose. That's really it. Um, But the leader of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tario, um, he said he doesn't understand (laughs) what the gay people who are taking over the hashtag Um, are doing. He said he thinks it's hysterical and 
This isn't something that's offensive to us. It's not an insult. We aren't homophobic. We don't care who people sleep with. People think it's going to bother us. It doesn't. Now, he said this in an interview to uh, CNN, which I thought was hilarious because shortly after he made that statement, it was made very clear that the hashtag Proud Boys, since it's being posted with everything that has to do with being gay, uh, the Proud Boys are upset about it. <laughs> they are very upset about it. There have been a lot of homophobic remarks and slow slurs used when they see the post of people with the Proud Boys. They went over to some like chintzy, like conservative social media site, which because the Proud Boys are no longer allowed on Twitter, they joined the social media site and I don't even know the name of it. But on there, I've seen reports on other news sites and little snippets of people very, very upset that the Proud Boys are now, um, well, I guess the Proud Boy hashtag is now for gay men. And I personally love it. So grind their gears, girls. Make sure you have tons of glitter. Probably post some pictures kissing, teabagging, beating your face with a dick, and put Proud Boy right under it. Proud Boys forever. And I am here for it. Drive these crazy people even more insane by showing them that their hashtag doesn't even belong to them. Um, that it's, it's beautiful. It is so beautiful to see. So I just wanted to at least share that little tidbit about the Proud Boys um, before we get into like the shit, the shit, because now we're getting into the shit, the shit. Um, the first part of the shit that I'm going to talk about, um, we're going to say that this is Clementine Corona. Now, I am not making fun of him having Corona. I'm not. Um, I don't want to make fun of somebody who has a life-threatening illness in that manner. And honestly, I don't really align myself with the people who are doing that. Um, just to say it this way, I may hate somebody. I may hate everything about them. I may hate the way they breathe, the way they hold things, the way they walk, the way they talk, the way that they comb their hair, the way that their skin is orange, but then mysteriously turns pale white the way that their face doesn't look like it connects to their body. I may hate them because they have small hands or I may hate them because they stand like a quite awkward flamingo that happens to be orange and talks very weird and says, China. I may hate them for all of those things, but I do not wish death on anybody. Um, but the Clementine has gotten Corona after calling it a hoax denying it, saying it'll go away, saying that the summer heat will kill it, telling people to inject themselves with, with sanitizer, all kinds of things. But the corona has gotten to the Clementine. And at least 11 people close to the Clementine have also tested positive for coronavirus, including Kaylee McEnany. I don't even know if I said it right. She's the press secretary. You'll see her standing at the podium. Stupid bitch. She just says dumb shit all the time. I think she actually believes her own lies. And I'm pretty sure she inhales Donald Trump's farts very deeply. I mean, to spew the shit out that she's saying, you got to be breathing in some of that fart air. Um, also, Melania Trump, who happens to be the first lady, uh, she is, has it. Uh, Kellyanne Conway, she got it. Now, <clears throat> all these people who are now testing positive, who were a part of the Trump cabinet, are a part of the Trump cabinet, or happen to be, oh my God, I'm going to cringe when I say this, sucking Donald Trump's dick, uh, have gotten coronavirus. And this isn't the first time that people who have been in the vicinity of the tangerine have contracted COVID. Um, if you're familiar, Herman Cain, he was a former presidential Republican candidate. He died of COVID on July 30th after attending a Trump rally on July 20th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, the event has not been directly linked to him contracting COVID, but eight other staffers of Trump's team also contracted COVID 
at the same rally and their infections have been linked to that rally. Um, also, with that being said, Herman Cain, um, you know, rest his soul. I hope he's at peace in the afterlife. But to all my black people who are Republicans and Trump supporters, I just want to point out to you that nothing was said by the White House or any of the staffers or anybody who attended the event that's most likely linked to him getting coronavirus and dying from it really expressed any sympathy or said anything for him. It was kind of like, oh, he came to the rally and then he's dead. We're just going to move on. So I just want that to sink into you. If you are a Black person who supports uh, Tangerine and, you know, I don't even have a name for Mickey Pence. I'm going to call him Mickey Pence. Mickey Pence. Um, If you happen to be a supporter of them and you're Black, just know that when you die, they don't show much concern for you. If any at all. Just to be quite clear about it. Um, but in this situation, we have the Tangerine Tornado, who has called Corona a hoax, the China virus, uh, all these things. He spread all these lies, all this information. He downplayed the virus when he knew it was life-threatening from the very beginning. And there's just more and more that we can go on to it. So it is irony. It's quite ironic that he now has coronavirus. I can't deny the irony in that. And <clears throat> he's not even treating it seriously. So if you haven't known, he went to the Walter Reed Medical Center and he was there for two days, essentially. Um, had to be put on op- oxygen twice. Uh, lied to the American public and to the press about his mental, uh, his health his condition of his health and how serious his infection is. On top of that, instructed his staffers to lie and then got upset when one of his staffers told the truth. And now on top of that, he decided to leave the hospital in his motorcade with Secret Service just to drive by the people who were outside of the Walter Reed Medical Center and wave to them. He decided to put the lives of the Secret Service people and the other people who were with him to get a fucking photo op, to just wave from the window of a Jeep, you put these people's lives in danger? Like, are you fucking kidding me? This is ridiculous. He literally said, bitch, I don't care what happens to you. I have to go out there and take a picture. Now, I hope that at least some of those people in the Secret Service or something, somebody said, no, I'm not doing this fuck shit. We are not doing that. Cut it out and slap his little hand on the wrist and say, bitch, go sit down. But he didn't do that. Um, Also, his stay in the hospital, he decided to take two pictures of him supposedly working, um, which if you look at the pictures, so there's one picture, he's in one room, and there's folders. I want to say there's a laptop or a book, and then he's got a paper directly in front of him. And then if you look at the second photo, it's the exact same paperwork and books and everything, but just in a different room. And in one of them, he's signing his name onto a blank piece of paper. Um, And this was reported by the news that the paper was blank, that they could clearly see it through their picture, that it was a blank piece of paper he was signing. But he did all this to show that he's working still. He's still making it through with the corona. And then tonight, while I was at the gym, I am running on the elliptical, you know, minding my sweet little business, Looking at the hot men in that gym, y'all. Oh my God, I don't typically just stare at men, but when I say my face was not the only thing that was sweating while I was running, oh my God. But he left the medical center, did that at 6.30 on the dot to make sure that he would have a photo op and would be seen by the nightly news channels so that way it would be broadcasted across the American televisions. And then when he got to the White House, he, which one, he had to have a motorcade to take him to Air Force One, which is the helicopter that the president gets in to fly. And then in the helicopter, there's people in the helicopter that had to fly him back to the White House. He just exposed tons of people 
to his infected fucking air of having the coronavirus. And finally, he's wearing a mask, but he's only wearing a surgical mask. It's not even an N95 mask. It's just a surgical mask. But so he does all that. He flies back to the White House in Air Force One. When he gets off Air Force One, he goes into the White House and he goes up to the balcony. I think that faces the South Lawn, I think is what it is. I don't know which balcony it is or which direction it faces, but he gets into this balcony and he does not have a mask on, is standing on the balcony. There are staffers who are obviously nearby, but aren't in the same frame of the photos and stuff and the pictures that I saw of where he was. He then goes into the White House and then staff members set up flags and other things at the same entrance that he just walked out of previously to take his little picture and stand there on the balcony without his mask on. And then he restages it, gets it all reset up again to reshoot his return to the White House, now exposing even more people to the coronavirus. Exposing more. And then even takes off his mask standing on the balcony with people feet away from him. I just want to weigh this all out so everybody understands just how irresponsible this is. We have seen that the coronavirus travels through the air, whether you're inside or outside. On top of that, it has the ability to travel up to and possibly even more than 15 feet, depending on the circumstances of what's going on. You have not only just exposed multiple people leaving the hospital, getting into the motorcade, getting into Air Force One, going back to the White House, but then you decided the entrance didn't look grand enough to you, so you wanted to restage it and reshoot it, and all these people had to come up and expose themselves even more? Make it make sense. How sway? How does this work? This man, this idiot, this orange fucking brick does not get the seriousness of what he's dealing with. And you would think that now that he is a person who is infected with the coronavirus after he's let 210,000 people die, you think he would be a little more conscious about what he's doing. But he's not. He's not. He is an idiot. He's a dumb brick. And I don't think he'll ever, 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 ever get it. I don't think you will. Um, if you are still on the fence about voting, especially voting, and you think you're going to vote for, uh, what can I call him now? The uh, alabaster asshole. If you're going to vote for the alabaster asshole, good luck to you. Good, good luck to you. Now, um, I've got this last person we're going to talk about today. And um, I feel like I should pull him up a chair and give him a glass of wine. Because I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you. And this is about Justice Clarence Uncle Thomas, who is a part of the United States Supreme Court. So if you're not familiar with uh, Clarence Uncle Thomas, he is a Supreme Court justice, and he's very conservative, very, very conservative. Um, and he particularly hates the queers. Um, so a former Rowan County, Kentucky clerk, her name is Kim Davis was going to have a hearing in the Supreme Court, but is no longer going to have the hearing because it's decided to not be heard by the Supreme Court about same-sex couples and her right to refuse to grant marriage licenses in her state, or I'm sorry, in her county to same-sex couples. Um, her court case was rejected on Monday by the country's top court, the Supreme Court. Um, even though the case was rejected, uh, Uncle Thomas decided to take the opportunity to attack the court's decision on 
Oberfell, um, which is the case that allowed same-sex couples the right to marry and the responsibilities of marriage. Um, the same things that our heterosexual couples already have had the ability to enjoy. Now, he decided to talk about how he didn't feel that it was right. Um, Thomas, Uncle Tom, is, <laughs> is directly linked to the White House. Um, he is married to a lobbyist named Jeannie Thomas, uh, who is always at the White House. He slammed the decision, suggesting that the case should be overturned. Um, because he did not like the fact that gays can get married. Uncle Tom is claims that Kim Davis may have been one of the first victims of this court's cavalier treatment of religion in its Obergfell decision, but she will not be the last. So he doesn't agree with the decision that was made by the Supreme Court to say that same-sex couples can get married if you haven't figured that out. His wife, um, Jeannie Thomas, uh, is the, okay. I'm just going to explain it this way. And maybe you'll understand why this man is so fucking stupid. His wife is one of the people who was attacking the Parkland high school students, survivors for speaking up. She called them radicalized Democrats and dangerous to the survival of our nation. And just mind you, these were children who were saying, can you please at least make it harder for somebody to bring a gun into our school and shoot us up? Can you just make it harder? We're not asking you to take away the guns, but can you make it not as easy for someone? Not as easy for someone to come into the classroom with hundreds of bullets to shoot us all up? Make it so less of us die is essentially what these kids were asking. And she demonized them, vilified them, saying that they're children. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Da, 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 da. Now, she didn't say they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm just paraphrasing there. But to be married to a woman like that speaks volumes about you as a man. But my issue with you, Clarence Uncle Thomas, is the fact that you... As a black man, the only black man in the highest court in the land, as a Supreme Court justice, continually goes after marginalized groups of people to try and take away the rights or dispute the rights that we have fought so hard to get. You are a black man, and I guarantee if you get pulled over in your car outside of Washington, D.C., where people don't know who the fuck you are, they're going to treat you just like every other black man that they've snatched out of a car, throw on the ground to the hot pavement, and either shot, killed, maimed, or destroyed. Let's just be real clear about it. You will not be treated than any different than the rest of us. And the fact that you're sitting in a seat of power that helps provide civil liberties and equal rights to people in this nation and saying that, nope, they don't deserve equal rights because they're gay. They're butt pirates. Fuck them. Are you serious? Are you dumb? Like, and this isn't the first time he did this. When the Supreme Court was handling the case earlier this year that had to do with workplace discrimination for people who happen to be transgender or a part of the LGBTQ uh, umbrella, he was against that too. I don't see how, as a black man, you can be against people having equal rights when you still don't have equal rights. You still don't have them. You may be sitting on the Supreme Court, but you still don't have equal rights and you are still going to be treated as a black man, not a man in this country. I just don't get it. But then when I figured out who you were married to, I mean, that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes about your character and who you are. I mean, also, let's take into account, and I'm pretty sure this has got to be like a family member or kinfolk of yours. Um, what is his name? Daniel Cameron, Daniel, was it Daniel Cameron? I think it's Daniel Cameron, the uh, 
attorney general who decided to not include the murder of Breonna Taylor in the grand jury. When I found out that he was married to Mitch McConnell's niece, I think, and then on top of that, as a black man, you get your hair cut as supercuts. And then I saw that your hair looks fucking crazy and you have the most jacked up hairline in the world for a black man. And trust me, I've had my hair cut by white people who do not know how to cut black people's hair. It came out fucking terrible, just like how his hair looks all the time. The fact that I found out he does these things now explains why he is not on the side of people who are a part of the Black Lives Matter movement. Never trust a black man who goes into super hair, super cuts for a haircut. Just don't trust him. Don't, don't do it. But uh, that's just my little fuck you to you, Clarence Uncle Thomas. And then also fuck you, Daniel Cameron. You are fucking terrible. You're just a piece of shit. I really hope that both of you are mildly inconvenienced for the rest of your life. Like, I hope whenever you go home and you turn on a light, the light bulb breaks. Or I hope that the next time you have to use a stapler in your office, it's out of staples and you don't know where the staples are to refill it and your secretary's on lunch. I hope all of these mild inconveniences just bother you and plague you for the rest of your fucking lives because both of you are pieces of shit. No, shit is an upgrade to what y'all would be. I don't know what you are, but you're less than nothing in my book. So that's all I got the time for you to say. That's all I'm going to say for you two bitches. Both of y'all going coon together. You, Candace Owens, and Diamond and Silk, and the Hodge twins, and um, Polau, the, the, the Dawn. Polau. <laughs> that's a, what a hell of a name. Um fuck all of you. You coons are the ones who make it easier for people who are racist to say, but I have a black friend or, but Candace Owen said this. And by the way, Candace, I said this before. If you ever listen to this, whoever does your hair and makeup, they don't like you, girl. They do not like you. You go out there looking jack the fuck up all the time. But what I have noticed, all of these Uncle Toms and Uncle uh, Aunt Tomalinas, I don't even know if that's a thing. Y'all all have really bad hair. Y'all have really bad hair. Um, I do suggest that you look into learning to take care of your hair because you are a black person and black hair is different to take care of than the people you've surrounded yourself with. So, you know, that part. But that's all I'm going to say, y'all. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to have to close chapter 32 right now. Um, cause I kept y'all long enough, but I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. I'm glad to be back and I will be back on a regular basis again and again and again and again. But if you like the show, please rate it. Please leave me a comment on whatever podcasting app you're listening to this on and also share it with a stranger. Shout it out. Shout it down the street. Blast this in your car like it's a song with good bass. And people would be like, who's the little gay boy they're listening to in their car? And that's when you turn around and you say, he isn't gay. He just likes to sleep with men. Well, or you could just say it's lifestyle of gay black boy. Whichever one you decide to say, I appreciate. But all right, y'all, you have a great rest of your day. If you want to contact the show, feel free to do so through all the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, or feel free to email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. Enjoy the rest of your week. Make sure you're safe out there. Help educate people. Don't forget to vote, 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 vote. And y'all have a good one. Bye.